there is no error with your audio outputs. Do not attempt to fix any sound issues. We are monitoring you with this device. We control your options and settings. We are transmitting through your internet connection, but our signal is actually entering your mind, sending electrical impulses into the very tissues of your brain. Try to stay calm. We've taken over your senses for the duration of this broadcast. You are helpless to resist. We have taken control for your own sake. There are things you must know. This is Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another thrilling and amazing and utterly stupefying Paranoia podcast. I am Olaf Phillips. I am the owner and publisher of Paranoia Magazine, and I am a paranoid, Ron. And I'm Ron Patton, editor-in-chief of Paranoia Magazine. All right, so a little, little business before we get down to the interview. So some some people have have kind of pushed us a little bit to, to maybe investigate the idea of building a compound of some sort, like a clubhouse kind of meeting, er, meeting place, uh, event area in the middle of nowhere with a bunker. Um, we've gotten some really awesome people that messaged us that that said that they would support such an insane thing, including one. Person. You mean in the free state of Jefferson? No, no, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't play that crap. Um, but but uh, that's that black road. You ought to check that sci-fi out. Well, the the free state of Jefferson is actually north of me. I know. <laughs> You're down in California. Yeah, up in extreme northern California. Hey, you know what? If they, if they want to make a little country, whatever they they want to take that part of northern California, I'm okay with that. Anyway, what's going to happen? Yeah, let me tell you what's going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna try to impeach Trump. When that doesn't work, a whole bunch of unorganized combat vets are going to get a hair up their behind, and they're going to get uptight. And what's going to happen next is like what Yoda said. My gun you may have after I give you my bullets, I will. And then the country will fragment down into nine provinces. This is Dennis Kucinich. What happens next, guess what? It's easier to control nine small countries than it is the big Wangley. That's yeah, that's a possibility for they're, sure. They're going to make an attempt on his life. And uh, when they can't control him. Now, Trump is. We should probably they, do your bio first before we get to the interview. <laughs> okay, People are going, who is this bio. guy? Yeah, this guy's like, hey. What right. I have to say. All right, so so you know we're we're contemplating doing. Long story short, we're contemplating doing an Indiegogo or a GoFundMe. Uh, you know, right. check out the the Facebook yeah. our Facebook right. page, Paranoia Magazine. You know, and and show some support to convince us to do it. Uh, we have a couple of interesting spots we're looking at. Uh, one, we can see Mount Adams very clearly, which would be a very interesting uh, space to have, mm-hmm. and some some interesting 
interesting people have come forward to help us spread the word. Uh, should we decide to do it? Spread the word. Spread the word. But but that yeah. that is uh, that is something that we're contemplating. Um, Camp, also, or, Camp paranoia, right? Camp paranoia. Also with us. Yeah, but you better be Reserve. careful because you know how the rest of that song goes. It will destroy <laughs> And and not only that, it's an older crimson crime uh, song, and. You know, war, what is it good for? <laughs> I, uh, Making I, I'm, money. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing buttons using neurolinguistics. And what I'm trying to do now is let you understand that I have no idea what's about to happen next. I can tell you what we, the military thinks is going to happen, but candidly, what's going to be the trigger point? Probably August 17th. That's what Cliff High says. And um, his spider webs, the way they work using Ons algebra and Gertzel's form is basically uh, keyword search and how it changes. Algorithm. What I'm going to suggest is that there are some other forms of Clifford algebra that might be used for um, predictive programming. They're now using that in the D-Wave technologies. Have you seen that? Well, there's a guy. Okay. Ron, do the damn bio so we can get the interview going. <laughs> okay, tonight we have Richard Allen Miller, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, who's a author and researcher, and he's just a wealth of knowledge and experience in alternative agriculture, physics, and metaphysics. Actually, he taught metaphysics at uh, Harvard University, and he began working in the secret world of Navy Intel. And I believe he uh, trained the Navy SEALs. Yeah, and on the front lines of uh, alternative research, experimentation, and documentation, and also into creating and developing sustainable communities. Dr. Richard Allen Miller, we welcome you to the Paranoid Podcast. Yes, welcome. Good luck with that. (laughs) Well, I'm going to wear real quickly. Um, Matt Stein and I do the urban survival skill workshops at all the big gun shows. Randy Curley stuff, arcade gun shows. And my Hulk is going to be the Stormin' Norman Cantwell. Have you ever met that man? Stormin' Norman? Yeah. He's 460 pounds of solid muscle. I I had a seat for John Leon. Norman Schwarzkopf? No. Oh. Norman Cantwell. Norman Cantwell. Norman, Norman, Norman Cantwell okay. is the real Dalton from Roadhouse, the one that Swayze patterned his character after. He's a cooler. Okay. He was basically a, a, a thug for the mob in Chicago and, you know, would go in and break skulls, kill people. And... <laughs> they put yeah he was a murderer it, they put a, a hit out on him and because he broke some lines with the mob and they killed him and what happened is he had a near death he came back to life with quote no memory of his past life yeah but he sure knows how to box still and his body mass is still there and what he does now is he teaches women how to do hands to nuts combat and uh, he's actually very cool, sweet old man. I love him. I really do. He's a very nice person, and he uses pendulums now to measure with towering with your body. You can't believe it. It's wonderful. Uh, Storman Norman Catwell, and uh, he's out of Chicago, Chicago, to be more precise. And uh, his 
I've never seen anything quite quite like it. My Sifu, John Leon, Northern Shaolin out of Seattle, could put a sword at his neck and bend the sword by focusing his chi point where it would not puncture his neck. I would say that Norman Norman whole entire body. Like yeah, that. You have to get closer to the mic. Okay. Better. Okay. Here, we'll do it. There you go. Uh, wait a minute. Technical now, difficulties. How's yes. that working Please for you? stand yeah. by. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. So uh, you were you yeah. were talking about Cliff High. So there's a guy, I forget uh, I forget his name now, but they um, he's a professor at NYU, and he developed some sort of a some sort of a piece of software that does something like what Cliff High does. Oh, I know who that is. Yes, 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 yes. That's uh, Neil Goldsmith's uh, partner. Yes. He, they did, yes, he did. Neil has a new book out called Psychedelic Healing. Yeah, they, and, they, they did a bake-off against a CIA analyst and this guy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I can't remember the guy's name. But he's a professor at NYU. I mean, you can email him. Yeah, he'll he'll did, email you back. Yeah, I, I, Even but me. they were both editors of Omni. And yeah. uh, that's what they, yes, I know that guy. I can't think of his name now. Um, uh, Goldsmith is my friend. I met him through Tom Lytle uh, with Psychedelic Monographs and Essays back when Tom had done a book called Secret and Suppressed, wrote about a friend of mine. He wrote on, uh, what was his name? We've got Jim Morrison uh, having crossed over and uh, had had me go out and vet that Jim Morrison did not die in uh, in Paris. What he did was uh, moved out by the Secret Service, well, the Swedish Secret Service, and was mm-hmm. moved into o- uh, Oklahoma, no, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, working in a laser company. And I went down. Wait, 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 wait. Jim Morrison working in a laser company? Yeah, as For a real? normal. Yeah. I saw it. That's in a book called Secret and Suppressed by Feral Press. Yeah, the guy who did that, he was a he was a professor over at a Cal State East Bay. So there's a bunch of creepy things going on about different kinds of life forms. And we can talk about that because somebody that crosses over doesn't die. What happens is there's a genetic memory thing that leaps from one thing to the next. And that original shaman that died when Jim Morrison was 10 years old, crossroads, grandfather Joseph, the... Thomas Banaka and others have talked about is that Hopi. And that is a type of life form like shapeshifters and some of the things that we're seeing out of Skinwalker Ranch. There's, um, that was one of the things I did for the military was whenever there was paranormal weirdness, uh, they would bring in a team. And that's what I did for almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I was a team, but I'll tell you what, we never figured out any of it either. Well, what did you I've see? Which, which, which vision? I mean, you know, I, I've done a lot of things. Uh, Diona, you, you know Iona, right? My ex-wife. Iona Miller. Yeah. 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 She wrote a paper on my work called I Married the Wizard of Oz. You can look <laughs> that up on the internet. That was when oh. she first came into my life in 76. Right. And Iona and I were married 18 years. And then... Um, for the next 24 years, we were best friends. And the last three years, I haven't had a single word from her, and I don't know why. 
uh, she's, she was close to my grandchildren and uh, was part of my family because her family is essentially all gone. Charis, her daughter, was my stepdaughter, uh, lives next door and they don't even talk. Charis is a recluse. So it's an interesting, unusual thing. Iona is someone I care a great deal about. You know, when you marry someone and you're with that person for a year, care about it. You know, sure. you can't. Okay. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand quite what the dynamics are right now, other than her partner. And okay. so, so I got a question for you. So you're on yeah. this A team, you're part of Naval Intelligence. So they, they scramble you guys out to when weird shit goes down. What what kind of weird shit are we talking about? Okay, um, in workbook two, at the last uh, workbook one, in the last chapter of the eight neurologic circuits of Timothy Leary, um, I talk about ketamine. Now, Doctor Moore sure. in anesthesiology, sure. fourth floor um, lab next to mine was doing ketamine, telepathine, which is now dimethyltryptamine, Rick Strassman, and BZ drug studies. And his wife, Marcia Moore, had been, written a book on astrology with Llewellyn, part of Wayne Ajo and George Dempsey's UFO group up out of Arlington. And they snuck out some ketamine and to do some close encounter experiments. What happened next, they called me in when they found her uh, severed head in the Florida Everglades two hours before she was dead in Seattle. That's the kind of thing they pulled me in. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay, so she, so they find her severed head two hours before she died. Right. That's right. And uh, how does that work? Yeah, that's my well, next question. <laughs> they do. They're pretty good. You can read my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's the kind of thing they would pull me into. Okay. So tell me, how did it work? I mean, how how did they find? I have her no severed? idea. Just <laughs> okay. like anybody else, I have no clue. I have theories. But that doesn't mean there is a new movie out of Germany called Einstein's God Model 2016. Check it out. That's a ketamine trip that is uh, shows you how it plays. Now, you know, Nick Begich is my good friend and uh, is the one that got me back into writing. And I was mostly a MacGyver out in the woods doing like I am right now doing a few hundred thousand pounds of cascara to Hamburg to try to survive, you know, money. And um, he uh, had me write the ESP book on the work I did with Ed Mitchell at Mission Control, Edgar Mitchell. And um, that was the first protocols I did with Nate Seal. And basically, uh, what happens, what was going on? I lost my train of thought. I was going to hey. tell you... Uh, well, it, it related to what I do. The thing is, I wasn't, I did the paranormal things for the military. I started with SEAL Corporation out of Amherst, and I put a group of team together that was Superman. And uh, what I did was using toys. And I wrote a book on that called Power Tools. But in the workbook one, which sequels, it's uh, three, there are three workbooks with Power Tools. And the first workbook dealt with timothy leary and neurologic circuits in fact that's how i'm going to do my alistair crowley form of lieber i'm going to use the eight neurologic circuits as a way of organizing my, my each of my books they're all going to be 
have a metaphor on other levels coding how the information flies from this point to that. Okay. And, uh, I want to go back to the ESP with Edgar Mitchell. So you're in mission control doing ESP experiments with Edgar Mitchell when he's in space. Yes. we. Um, I met Ed Mitchell in 1970, Dr. Stanley Krippner, who is my mentor. He was out of Maimonides Dream Labs. Uh, introduced me to uh, Edgar Mitchell and James Hurtak and Theodore Pirkos, uh, who were the psychics I used in 71 at Mission Control. I met him in New York in 70, and I presented uh, a paper on brilliant photography. Thelma Moss was there, uh, the usual, Simon Carillion, others, Ray Jack, uh, Czechoslovakia. And that was in 1970, and that led to a book called uh, Energies of Consciousness by Gordon and Breach. And then the second one, Psychoenergetic Systems, which had about 40 different major papers, of which mine was considered single most important paper in the next 10 years, which was the holographic, a holographic concept of reality. That was 10 years before uh, Carl Prebrum or John Bohm had done their implicate order form. And uh, the reason I wasn't in Talibut's book was that all of my work was classified top secret at that time. It had to do with the fact that I had met Gabor at, at DuPont at their research station and saw a three-dimensional color TV in operation and I had a, a epiphany. I realized that what a hologram was, n dimensions of information and n minus one dimensions. And back then, in my embryonic holography paper, I suggested that the DNA was a three-dimensional hologram of fourth space. Who you were, who you are, and who you will be. And now, today, in my sequel book to the ESP and Power Tools book, it's called The Non-Local Mind in a holographic universe. Just got finished writing on the true nature of, I'm, I'm writing about time travel and the true nature of cavitation. And now the last chapter in that book will be ready to go to press. That is on how to change the future. Because the brain can be seen as a four dimensional hologram of five space. It's an amorphous semiconductor liquid crystal phases constantly in motion change, which means that memory is the way you store your time form, duration of consciousness. That's why you have two brains, and a cavitation system, a closed system. And um, I can explain how that all works using vessel functions. I'm working with not theory, actually. Uh, Kaufman's works uh, over uh, string and superstring that most people use with quantum consciousness. The problem with quantum mechanics is that it has an indeterminacy element to it. That the more you know about one thing, the less you know about something else. That's why we have Hilbert space and other forms of math to try to solve so-called many-body problems. There was no way to do it. You know, uh, it's that's because time and space are actually not real. So I decided to create a universe based on information. That was a holographic system. Uh, now, am I the originator of that thought? No. I, I for me. I don't think anybody has original thought. Mm -hmm. I feel like shareware. I believe it. Right. Right. Okay, right. And, and so pirating and intellectual property on one level for eating is very important. But from another point of view, that's why the Nobel Prize usually goes to two or three people. You know, it's because they're all doing similar 
simultaneous work at different parts of the universe as an archetypal. Right, sort of like collective consciousness. That's correct. Because uh, I, in Chapter 7, at the end, tell you what the soul is in the physical plane. I can tell you what happens at the moment of death and the moment just after death with consciousness. That quotes Sir Roger Penrose, my mentor at Princeton, uh, when he, uh, Jerry Pollock, by the way, was my lead in 1970. And so I grew up with, uh, you know, being on the wild side. And, well, Jerry uh, just recently published his fourth phase of water. What that's about, it was really about Alex Kavarinen, uh that Finnish physicist, brilliant. Um, Jerry had noted that uh, the muscle always tended to go back to what it was, like it had memory. You know, if you damaged muscle, it would always want to go back to the structure it had. And then he started taking a look at, at uh, spectral photometry and noted that the water muscle had an unusual slide to it, leading to his discoveries that conclusions on water, H3O2. Now that's what the leading edge on a wave in, in an ocean, that's cold fusion, processes in nature. And that work is now being studied by Mark LeClaire and others at MIT. Uh, Rustam Roy uh, at Penn State did some work with, um, uh, what is it, uh, homeopathy, where you take a single drop of something, anything, dropping it into a water, entire glass the structure in terms of spectral photometry. And it, that's because water has memory. Whenever it touches anything, changes structure. Water has a whole series of different forms. You've got para and ortho water, you know, the levorotaries, and then you've got your isotopes, like deuterium, tritium, and then you have your clusters, like Willard water, the H3O7, free radical ion, and then you have the way, and, and so these things, when they touch something like uh, plastic, have a surface tension that goes up a little bit. You change it to a metal like solarium. Mm -hmm. That surface tension goes right up over it, and the water will empty itself in a closed glass because of the surface tension. And that's the exclusion zone water, breaks 302, that moves faster to the surface. And that exclusion zone is very reminiscent of our solid state physics, where we talk or check some errors in solid state physics. You have gallium and arsenic that will touch each other, and that forms what's called the bidden zone. Except that water is about six zeros more efficient in terms of data, and so it you know it's the smallest molecule. It has a dipole moment, and um, that's where we have now made serious immediate breakthrough in the structure of all of that. And the soul is basically structured water inside a microtubule. The moment of death, there is a 3.2 ounce wave. That is microtubule, structured like multiverse. And you do that every night, certain forms of dreaming back home. And that's one of the reasons why Tanoi, other Arbor, uh, Aboriginal groups would suggest that consciousness is a dream state, and there are certain states that have more content reality consciousness says and is one of the reasons why i am so interested in magic 
because, right. well, magic is an art form. According to Crowley, it is uh, the art of changing consciousness at will. Now, that would be when I watch a woman in a desperation rip a car door off to save her daughter in a flaming car without breaking her bones. How does she do that? And that is led me to the theorems that imagination reality, that we're in a closed bubble or system like a cavitation ball. Right. And a drop of water falls from the heaven and hits a pool of water. A series of things happen. Uh, the first is you have some outgoing waves from splash. That's your future timeline. And uh, what happens is the waves going inward, flopping, form, touching the air, form exclusions of water, a bubble that pops back up out of the water. No longer a drop of water. It is a bubble, cavitation ball, with exclusions of water surrounding the medium in which it fell now moving in a topological surface. That leads to Roger Penrose's concept of Taurus Twister space that Iona and I have written about. Mm -hmm. And now we have going down into the very nature of what cold fusion is and what it is not. Chapter 8, and I'm writing on the non-local mind right now, is called Bach the Chasm Hero or Adventures in Time Travel. Previous technology epochs use sound and movement, dance, change space-time. I've seen it in ghost dance, whirling dervish, pumba, and I now uh, have ascertained how it works. And uh, it, uh, like a rodent coil, you can watch a whirling dervish, there's a movie, Jeep, uh, called mm-hmm. Meetings with Remarkable Men. That movie has a dance scene in it, 17 whirling dervish do a march cadence exactly like a rodent foot, three, six, nine progression. And when you watch how that works, you now realize why we are drawn to certain kinds of music, 432, not 440, I'll explain that later if you want to go there. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're trying to change things. Gary Robert Buchanan uh, is uh, Steamboat Springs Healing Center out of Reno, Nevada did a doctoral thesis under me at the UW back in the 70s he, uh, on synesthesia and uh, cross-modal translations of sensory dimension. One of the reasons they had me on the advisor board of physics was he was a conductor, music, uh, that was going to become a conductor, and he was interested in cymatics, uh, sacred geometries that come out of certain kinds of closed systems like drum physics, vessel function. <laughs> across the thing and certain interference patterns and that led to a whole series of studies now using sound sona s-o-n-a sona that's now using healing approved in medicines in england and other european countries uh robert uh, gary robert buchanan has been very clear about what happens at 432 440. If you want to pursue that, I can give you more data. But that is, uh, it's really, there is a distinct difference between Pythagoras and the Nazi. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, what I'm more interested in is things like uh, Gabriel Roth and her jazz dance and uh, with Serpentine. You can 
wonderful friend, lover, um, out of Florida. And then they studied under Kate Bush. And, of course, Kate, uh, material came Kenneth Anger, Magic Lantern Theory. And that's where the movements and ritual, actual sounds that you found in Supper, Yetzirah, Book of Formation, with the Bibles, the old Colburn forms, that would allow sound to change space-time. Did you know that Cleopatra actually went up the Mississippi and she went down to Colorado looking at the top? They have found effects on that because that capstone belongs on top of the pyramid. It's actually part of a technology that we don't quite understand relating to doors leading out of the matrix. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're talking to a real physicist, and I know I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I, that's what I did for the government. I would look at these kinds of things, try to make a leap. And uh, <laughs> I did it often without a net. Oh, man, I tell you, it's scary out there. That's uh, Hill Street Blues where he says, you be careful out there. It's, um, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, when you uh, take shortcuts to Grandma's house using toys, Mm-hmm. Like like uh, brain drivers, trying to enhance your restructuring of the brain and the way it functions, mm-hmm. processes. Um, you know there are big bad wolves out there. You have to armor up and uh, be very careful because, uh, like all things, like you know water. You know, in the good sense, you have chlorine. Bad sense, you have deuterium. You put either of those in a buckyball, and now you have an antioxidant, or you have 9-11. That's Judy Wood. And uh, I can tell you, that's just water. Mm-hmm. A double-edged sword. You put each way. You know, chlorine, <clears throat> you put them in, a, in these nanofibers, uh, exclusions on water, and it will isolate ionizing radiation. It will stop. They gave lethal doses of radiation to rats. Tell them, chlorine water. A 95% recovery. And yet, if you put deuterium inside instead, it now becomes neutron using a Lockheed teleportation. We're losing your audio a little bit. Oh, did I? Yeah, I'm bobbing around. When I talk, I'm animated. I need to stand very still or carry a mic, and I'm going to do that next week. Okay. I don't like that shit on me. Oh, oh we got him. We got him. He yeah, shit. You got it. <laughs> I got it. Damn it. It's Mer- that's another Gurdjieff joke. Merd de Merd. Um, that's right. Um, I believe that our technologies are killing us. Mm. And I have a serious concern with uh, LD50 ratios and bandwidths like 5 gigahertz and uh, our cell phone tires. But we're doing a smart meter. What do you think the chemtrails are? Well, I was in one study that the Navy did with deploying lithium on Reedsport to see if they could lock down a small city. It worked. Everybody was sick, you know. And uh, Oh, was this in Oregon a year ago? uh, Yeah, yeah. It was not... Not this last February, um, November, but a year ago, November. I remember that. I remember that. And Dr. Ann Fillmore wrote a paper on it. 
yeah. about lithium in chemtrails. And then she... Right. That was a Navy experiment, unfortunately. There were others. The the ones we enjoy down here in Southern Oregon come out of Chilliwack. Uh-huh. One of the field unit teams went up to vet that, and they found that it was coming out of Canada with right. those big white... And they turn around at Klamath Falls. And right. so I have no idea what they're deploying. It mm-hmm. probably is our recycled aluminum cans. That's I'm guessing that's that makes sense. That actually makes yeah. sense. Well, yeah. I don't know. I can tell you that I don't like it. They're, I can tell you when they're doing it and the skies themselves. And well, of course, one other application would be a liquid crystal where they could do a big uh, plasma screen up there and have Nibiru coming in behind the sun. And there it is. See it? And it was that real? Well, I've maintained for many years that chemtrails are a geoengineering program to change the reflectivity of the Earth. Well, that's one application. The first right. one started in the 50s when the yeah. San Francisco airport needed to change the fog and the, and the right. visibility. You know. Okay, so weather modification is a I watched the way they directed a, a, a tornado to hit the big island. You know, we saw that happen about a year and a half ago where they actually were deploying the chemtrails in a manner that could refocus a uh, a tornado during the monsoon season and it hammered and they moved the storm like a weapon. Hey, and so, so a lot of applications on its possibility. Bio APIs come to mind. Back in the 70s when I worked in anesthesiology, we had a site-selective molecule. We put it in water, and it'll go right straight where we want it to in the brain. That was uh, with the Delgado. He was in the lab on the other side of me. Right, at Yale University. University. At University of Washington. Oh, Delgado was also at Yale. Yeah, well, he left UW to go to Yale. He worked under John Bonica, and then he went to Yale. To gotcha. But his original work was done with chip implants with Reese's right there on fourth floor. I was there. Wow. I would, that's the boys from Brazil. I worked for Jerry. I didn't work. I worked under him, not for him. Jerry did not have my security clearances. I was in the, around the corner and it was locked down for the boys from Brazil. Jerry was always just a biophysicist that was doing work with, uh, you know, monkeys and things like that. All your creepy work starts in anesthesiology. It's like physics leads down to chemistry or math. Anesthesiology leads down to brain surgery or general heart surgery. And and so anesthesiology is the high-end medicine. And uh, fourth floor and 12th floor were the two floors that dominated. The, the doctors were on 12th floor and the researchers on 12th floor. When they gave me tenure, I had to do OR. That's when I quit. started working directly. I, I couldn't do OR when they gave me tenure in anesthesiology. And so I ended up working directly for the old man himself. He had two other people. One was um, uh, Dr. Wilbur Franklin, Kent State, did the University of Chicago in Baltimore there. And I did everything from Livermore all the way down to China Lake. I was uh, Battelle, Douglas United Nuclear Boeing. Uh, We had the research station. That's where I first started doing my work with marijuana. Our pilgrim. We had lunar base alpha one. Tom Lytle again wrote that article high time. I did. That's a long time ago, man. Fifty years ago. Yeah. Hey, so I, I 
I got a question. So we've been all over the place. It's obvious you've seen you've seen some shit. Yeah, I've seen some things. Yeah. <clears throat> so I want to ask you because you were touching on geoengineering. You know, I I'm known for having an obsession with a 1977 film called Alternative Three. <laughs> Lyle Watson and uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. The I, have third a I know that song. That's oh, yeah. Lyle Watson that wrote that. Well, Alternative Three, the movie. Yes, but he wrote the book, Alternative Third Alternative. Oh, Leslie Leslie Watkins, yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that memory. Don't forget. <laughs> I know, I know. So, you know, part of obviously with Alternative Three, the the first two alternatives are very much ground based. This notion of blowing holes in the yeah. atmosphere and building bunkers, but the third alternative is to leave. And yeah, leave. Right, that's Leary. Space migration, yes. intelligence increase. Well, yeah, longevity extension. Yeah. So, so what? Wow. So, what do you know about about the secret space program and skipping town and going to Mars? I okay. don't. Okay. I don't. And I'm, Carol Rosen is a close personal friend. She's right down here in Ashland. I talked to her yesterday. Um, I I don't know anything about that. I can tell you that there is no way you can go to Mars in a normal vehicle. And uh, okay, the, the gamma rays just getting across the Van Allen belt. Uh, yeah. Okay. So with that said, um, I did see in night in twenty ten a Scientific American article that only appeared what this is what I did for military. I would note when things would come out and then they'd stop publishing in that area. And I didn't really think why is that, you know, that that's what I did. I was a reader. And um, I saw an article using a monoatomic uh, copper weave spandex in a certain geometry that would somehow reflect camera. That's interesting. That's what we needed. Yeah. We don't, to my knowledge, have anything like that. And so, secret space program per se is going to have to be interstellar. And that's mm -hmm. that. Your stargates and all of that. I'm familiar with the Yazidis. I'm familiar with the book. I have one in my library. We knew about stargates in the 70s. We just didn't know where they were. And uh, that's from the church, Joseph Isaiah. Uh, in the Vatican, he's a Jesuit that wrote on the secret traditions of the Yazidi. He talked about this door where a bunch of little demons going in and out. And that, you know, phrase, whatever. Um, we have a lot of life forms already here on Earth. That's one of the things I have studied with shapeshifters, uh, this thing, the Jim Morrison, and crossing over to the other side. That's a type of life form. It has to do, that one has to do with the fourth genome in our blood type. Uh, that has a racial memories in terms of past lives or omniverse or universe or multiverse. I don't know how that works. Uh, what I do know is that under hypnosis, if you take someone down to certain states of hypnosis near the Wernicke correction in the brain, every single person cross-culturally has a memory of working on Mars with the U.S. government. How does that work? Wait, 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 wait. hold on. That Warnicky correction, comma, the Mars Project. That'll take you down. And uh, now, with that said... Wait, 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 um, hold on. So, before I go Google that... I know, I thought I'd just tease you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to play with you like a... Like well, a, it's your like, neuro-linguistic neuro programming. 
I deal with Ron. <laughs> At least you're having fun. Oh, yeah. This podcast is about about having fun. I mean, we try to talk about conspiracy stuff, but we we try to keep it light and entertaining. That all well, all, all that got that, you know, that nailed. Probably, we are creating our own apocalypse and aliens mm-hmm. through thought forms like tulpas, that kind of thing. Well, thought forms. Imagination is reality. Get a grip. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have, I mean, if you're if you're saying that the brain is a teams. yeah, if you're saying that our our brain tethers us in five dimensional space, and that this is a well, hologram, that, and, I mean, yeah. there, isn't it interesting that it's sitting like an antenna on top of a uh, uh, ruby rod? Oh, that yeah, it's like a, a <laughs> fifth element. It's like you have this antenna, and on top of it, you have this big crystal. Isn't that interesting? That's what a human being looks like to an alien, probably. And uh, But I would say that your D-wave technology is an alien, requiring a different kind of space. You know, the, the big, gener- those supercomputers is a chip about the size of your thumbnail. It's in a refrigerator. It's so big. It's big. The Hummer, the Whopper. <laughs> yeah, there it is, the Whopper. And it's a big refrigeration taking you down near absolute zero. So that you don't have a lot of interference. I ascribe to the plasma universe forms of hole and others, where the sun basically a ball of flame going through a bunch of garbage and burning up. You have to move close to the mic. Okay, sorry about that. No, no, it's okay. So thank you for reminding. I need to be uh, you know bitch slapped every once in a while just to keep my <laughs> it's all it's all good man but but yeah i mean this is the this is uh phil k dick's valis thing as well right that where he he believed that there was a and and krober krober uh from uc berkeley you know when i was a, a young anthropology student you know i picked up one of krober's original textbooks and he talks about the super organic this idea that there's a amorphous cloud of culture and society that sits up in this cloud and that we kind of link up to it like Dick described in Vallis where he would get these purple beams of light that would hit him in the head and he'd have these thoughts, you know. That's uh, the rock group Vallis that came out in the 70s. I don't know if you remember them. No, I'm, I'm a child oh, of the yeah. 80s. I, I was well, a Supernanorama. I'm back when it was all really happening with sound. I'll tell you, I have seen things. That's what we called those, uh, what is it called, uh, music. It was uh, electronic music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tano's expanding headband. What's his name? Margalof and Cecil. And uh, that's where it all started. For, you know. Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, in Alternative 3, the soundtrack was done by Brian Eno. Yes. So, you know, it, it has that electronica... Ambient. Well, that that was the new directions in music was the uh, what they call uh, electronic music synthesizers. Yeah, synthesizer well, in, music. In ambient, but working with thermons and then moving up into more buklas. I had a bukla at the UW that I did video feedback study before they had emus. Had a bukla, and uh, we had a very nice one. And I was able to do some wave shaping. Later, I got into wave shaping uh, in 
in a thing what we call the wire, which is a small thing you put on top of your head. Uh-huh. Talk to neurotransmitters using wave shapes, using a Mora or Indomet German acupuncture. And I could uh, change my sex like a pair of clothing. <laughs> That's uh, called The Wire. And that was a novel that was written by Norman Spinrad. Also, Little the, and, and, yeah. the Left Hand of Dark, I think it's The Left Hand of Darkness, addresses that as well. Uh, yeah, Gibson, William Gibson and all the rest of them started going in that direction. That's the transhumanism movement. Right. And it scares, okay, that scares the bejesus out of me because there's going to be a war, just like in the movies. You know, a replicator did not exist as a 3D printer until it started to at it. And so when you have your alien versus predator, you, Dark Lord, and uh, Antarctica, all the stuff, Danny Glover, and the rest of it, that's all going to happen. Just like in the movie. Wonder Woman would suggest that the type and the Asgard existed just like the film Anunnaki. Mm-hmm. And so... Basically, what Antarctica, as far as I can ascertain, what Antarctica is about mm-hmm. is when I was there in the 70s, um, I saw the Nazi base. There was 19 subclips there. I saw. Okay, like, so you, you saw Base 211 in Antarctica. I don't know what its name was. I was it's there. 211. At, Trust me, it's 211. Okay, you, I was there. They stage off an island in Brazil going in. And that's Matt A. Babarello, a friend of mine, ran the Brazilian Secret Service. Mm-hmm. He, um, he told me there was this little island where they would stage it in going in. We went in from the north side and uh, with a sub. And uh, I was not the project leader I, at that one. I was along uh, for the ride as a physicist to figure out how the light was. And that paper will be in a book called Spook Central. I have the whole graphic concept, then I do bioluminescence, and then I wrote uh, embryonic holography, which got classified. That's back in 1972 to 73. Okay, so when you went to base 211, what did you see? Okay, I saw 19 subslips that were in disrepair. It looked like there had been a major war, and they destroyed a bunch of stuff, like maybe a nuclear weapon had been dropped. I saw a Viking base from the 14th century, and then further down, there were some tubes that went 100 miles straight down. We did not have the technology to go down there at that time, and going down past the mantle is a bunch of molten steel in plastic form because of the pressure, and yet these tubes maintain their integrity. And what I think happened is I think that the technology was developed to be able to explore those further caverns uh, in the last couple of years, and that's where they took all the heads of state when they did that big exodus with people there. And I think what they found, a bunch of film in a station, I think that when they evacuated the island, I don't know that. Close to the To be consistent with some of my other friends, that I work at JPL and other places that have 
We're trying to figure it out what's going on. I don't have any toys anymore, so I can't vet any of this. You know, it's almost impossible trying to sift out what you're doing is Occam's razor. We know that the film exists because we've got Bigfoot. And we know that uh, I did a, a, a movie with the BBC last year, Blue Room, where they had, uh, they had me talk about that gull that was discovered in, in 1860, Pennsylvania, went into Now, that skull was giant. Uh, that giant was at least 12 feet tall. When I worked with the Hopi and the Navajo, they talked about the Anasazi and cliff dwellers that had cannibals come out. And I've listened to L.A., Marzulli, others that are a little religious for me. However, I find their analysis of certain things interesting and provocative. I don't know. But what I do know is there is no question there are other life forms right now on Earth just like in the abyss. We have angels down past the, the Mariana Trench. There, there are life forms existing. More Jalans, for example, is that nematode experiment from the Challenger that mutated with uh, uh, stratospheric bacteria. And the actual uh, vector where it all fell is identical to our center for disease control. Closer to the mic. Oh, yeah. Nem it was a new form of nematode. By the way, Morgellons is easily destroyed using uh, absence wormwood. Yep. Ah, you know, it's a simple thing for those that have it. However, if you watch Criminal Minds, they have an episode about where there's a group of people that think that they have Morgellons, and it's actually a psychological right right okay they try to put a spin it's, on. A, it's hard to isolate variables and you know and especially when you're not sure what your vectors are and you know when, when you're trying to do psi energy for example and you realize that it's not about space or time that was what i discovered when i was <clears throat> working with ed mitchell at mission control 1971 canaveral uh we discovered that the moon would not reduce the amplitude of it for psi missing, and that it seemed to be independent of time. And so we were dealing with a, you know, like time and space are scalars of something more. And like your shadow on the ground, it's a lesser form of you uh, known in psychology as a demon, fallen angel. Because if you go back into Sumerian text and you start to name Gazelbub and Ashtara against star system, star maps, I did that. I discovered that most of the fallen angel names are really jealousy, rage, anger, greed. Uh, they were qualities in man deemed unworthy. They were part of man of the shadow, but they were lesser qualities of man that were deemed unworthy of the distinction between ethics and hmm. That's uh, Ducky Mallard. He was asked what's the difference. He said, well, ethical man knows not to cheat on his wife. Moral man. 
Mm-hmm. That's the difference of walking your talk and why I have begun my programs around working with children. Uh, children are going to be what saves the surf. And that's how they learn how to be a pedophile or an alcoholic. Right. That's how we do it. And so even though the church might disagree with me, I cannot believe that a two-day-old baby born in sin they get to learn. And uh, that's mm-hmm. because of the way we're wealth. You know, I remember being struck by this guy when I came out of the womb. First thing he did before I even got to bond with mom, put me over his finger. I remember how Stephen Gaskin in his farm wrote about the spiritual environment and the way dog has love, devotion. We would only dream from the spirit. So, you know, we're brought into this world and taught how to be That's the difference between a priori and a Get a little closer. A priori and a posteriori knowledge. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I, uh, I go into reflective mode sometimes. When I gotcha. Talking. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, no problem. I, yeah, but I, I have a sense of things, and now I'm too old to do anything about it. <laughs> oh, man, it's like that, you know. You have to laugh because <laughs> there's nothing, there's no other options, man. If you were to take yourself seriously, it would be bad, 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 bad. bad. I am, I feel blessed in that I, right out of the gate, kind of able to have dialogue with Self. I'm a meditator like Iona. We are both thought uh, much initiated to Sharon Sen. So there it is. I have a sense of what and where I want to go, yet how to get there. Right. So, hey, uh, Richard, maybe you can uh, discuss a little bit, since we have a little bit more time. Uh, about you have a bit some of your workshops. On a gas, man. This is, I'm usually in bed by nine. I'm <laughs> and I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. You know, it, like I said, I had to work. Yeah. And you kept me up last last week to do this and forgot to call me to tell me. Oh, what. I was I was so damn sick, really. Sorry. What was Yeah. Seasonal changes. But anyway, I wanted you to kind of maybe touch upon. Uh, some of these uh, sustainable communities sure. uh, that we had discussed briefly at the at the Cherry City Comic Con, yeah. and that was very intriguing. And so, can you possibly elaborate on some of that? Well, yes, I have a thing called sustainable lifeboats. Lifeboats okay. were the first, and uh, you know when uh, the the first thing, look, you have basically a series of areas that need immediate addressing. The first one is you got three minutes for air, you got three days for water, three weeks for food. Mm-hmm. What's your priority? Nobody is ready for a grid collapse. Right. You when the grid collapses, well your air is gonna be a serious thing. There's not much you can do about that part at this point. Water is going to be what kills most people. Mm-hmm. And uh, dehydration, and uh, I've written in workbook two, can you live off the grid for 30 days? That runs down 
uh, basics. Once you have a sense of basics, uh, now you have direction on how to survive. Where is the safest place to be? Well, the book I recommend is We Are the Earthquake Generation. That book runs down, you know, doesn't talk about pandemic like, uh, what is that, uh, apocalypse, uh, after the apocalypse, I think it was a thing where they talked about a pandemic and they interviewed a bunch of scientists on what would happen the first day, the first week, the first month, the first year. And in the first year, your hero, the center person dies of, of septic. And that's going to be, you know, so I talk about herbal pharmacies. You, you know, if you're on a heart medicine, you're growing your own local you know, drug, so if you have access to phone and uh, there's going to be a need for barter, and every single region in the country has its own analog. In the <laughs> West Coast out here, our golden seal is Oregon grapefruit, barbarian and hydrastine. And right. so every region has its own analogs for chemistry. And the American Indians used to say, that for every poison in the woods, there was the antidote right next to it, like a bracken fern to your uh, poison oaks. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's a way of being. It's a mentat. And really, it is going to be IQ that sur- makes you survive. That's what that is. IQ is a measure of survival coefficient. It's the ability to adapt. And basically... What is about to happen is not bad or good. It's an opportunity. The glass half full or is the glass half empty? It's both. Right. So you have a choice. That's what made you God's favor to see how you're going to relate to this. Um, Most people want to be around their friends. Friends are the highest form of love there is. It will be your friend that saves your life, not your blood. Mm -hmm. It will be your friend that you get along with and survive with, not your blood. Blood is like my primary relationship is my girlfriend, not my daughter. Mm-hmm. Daughter is in a ring, but it isn't going to be my, but she has her own ship. Right. That's the way to look at things in terms of tribal relationships and Leary's neurologic circuit that's covered in workbook one. Once you get a hierarchy of priorities, that's Maslow. Then you get a bigger picture. How did uh, John Lennon put it? Things always work out in the end. Mm-hmm. If things aren't working out, it's not yet the end. Interesting. Well, it's a way of being. Uh huh. Doesn't mean it's the right way. It's right. a way. And that way, in my opinion, gives you a better chance of survival. Right. And uh, last oh. night we, we had uh, Michael Tillinger on uh, Ground Zero last night. He's a avid explorer, researcher, and he was touching upon this uh, new system or new social structure, uh, new type of community called uh, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Oh, yeah. Ubuntu, yeah. That's, uh, that's one way of doing it. Your, right. neighbor, your neighbors are the people that are going to save your life. Or not. Right, right. And that's what sort of uh, 
made me think of what you were just talking about. But you have basically the more practical, hands-on. Well, that's Matt Stein and I. Matt is more linear, yeah. He wrote When uh, Disaster Strikes and When Technology Fails. He's also from MIT. uh, He's more linear uh, than I. And I'm more circular, and together we lick the platter clean. (laughs) Right. <laughs> we give you the big picture, you know, the, 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 the whys and wherefores. I think that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young sang it correctly, and they said, teach children well. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, like this current form of educational system is wrong. And I don't right. know if you've ever noticed how a child takes to a garden. But they're way better than you or me. Mm-hmm. And, and with that said, that is, in fact, where Cloud Atlas concept of mentorship comes mm-hmm. down, where a third grader shows a first grader how to test for water, and then that first grader goes home and shows a parent how they check the turbidity and pH. And that's basically the kinds of education that needs to happen now. And so workbook three will be taking the Caterpillar and Williams, Oregon, now outfitted with entomology monarch butterfly in its migratory path stripping that nonsense out putting in a water testing laboratory that's mobile run mm-hmm. by third graders that is what makes sense to me right right and you know because here in southern Oregon you know we have serpentine soils which means just because the water looks clean doesn't mean it is some animal up above could have committed suicide. You got colophon, or worse, you've got arsenic. You need to know that. And how do you test something looking at water, knowing it's clean? How do you use your campfire or fullerene, or what we call shungite? You know, the ability to filter the water to the point where it's like a Brita, mm-hmm. taking right. uh, microorganisms and other crap out. There's all kinds of things like that, that need to happen. And um, especially in warmer climates, mm-hmm. where, you know, these are basic survival things that I taught seal. And we always carried small tube baking soda, water, because just a pinch baking soda in any kind of water changes the pH 7.0 up to an 8.0. What you're after, what you're trying to do is have more of that water go into the cell than into the urine. Mm-hmm. All waters are different, and you need to think about it. So in terms of restructuring water, getting it back into its basic form, in the northern hemisphere, if, if, if your Coriolis forces are forcing water to go down a toilet in a counterclockwise direction, they are... Then what you should do is when you take your water from a well, you should have it go into a funnel clockwise into the jar you're going to drink out of. That alone will restructure the water simply without all this hoopla and uh, you put your left foot in, you shake it all about. Right. Well, the hokey pokey. Quite a bit simpler, but uh, very practical. Well, it's uh, basics, and and that's what and that's what you want to do is go back to basics, but using uh, new forms of technology. How Grandpa did it, and how you integrated it into right, right. understandings of how water works. Right. 
I see. So, hey, we got to wrap things up here. Uh, the hour just flew okay. right by. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to have you on again and talk about more. Oh, please. I, what I'm trying to do, the reason I do this is mm-hmm. to sell books. I'm a starving artist. I don't right. know of anybody that has written as many books or as long lasting as I am. That perfume book that I own and I wrote, Magic One Rituals of Perfumes, uh-huh. that Amazon's bootlegging right now. It's uh, Simon and & Schuster. And um, we wrote that 45 years ago. Right. And yet, it keeps selling like a, a, a Timex wax takes out licking, but keeps on ticking. Everything that we have written withstands time because of our take on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss writing with her, and mm-hmm. yet it is... Uh, it was a great honor to have her as a primary relationship and part of my life. I, I was very fortunate and blessed to know that woman. And uh, I, I'm just very sorry. Uh, I don't understand why we're no longer in contact. But uh, that's her choice, and I have right. to honor that. You know, I, right. I think it has something to do with some creepy people that are trying to discredit her and the Gnostic end of things. And there are yeah. some... I mean, relationships are tough anyway, but it's... Uh, you know, even if your belief systems are the same, right. even if one of them is out-chunking the other one, mm-hmm. uh, the relationship to go sideways. Because yep. you realize the two paths to God, outer mm-hmm. paths to God, are the hermit and the lovers. Right. You do it androgynous, or you do it with a reflected partner, reflect mm-hmm. inner part of self. Right. So we got to wrap things up here, uh, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Can you give us uh, your website so people can check it out? Sure. You can find everything at richardallenmiller.com. Allen is A-L-A-N, so it's richardallenmiller.com forward slash shop. Um, I am also have a Facebook presence at docram, D-O-C-R-A-M.com. And then I have a number of other websites, but we won't go there. Because basically what I'm trying to do now is uh, sell books and write more books. That's great. I have, awesome. 15, I have 15 new audio books coming out. Wow. Each one is nine weeks of lectures and mm-hmm. rare download libraries of rare books that I quote from mm-hmm. that, uh, in those lectures on metaphysics. And uh, with Excellent. John Mack that took Meta 3. At, print, at Harvard, and then started his alien abduction studies. So yeah, we have, yeah, we have so much more to cover. But uh, you're, com- you're coming back. Oh, definitely. Okay, good. I'd like to write for you too. I would. Oh, like yes, to you're going to be actually. Is, we have an article dealing with artificial or synthetic telepathy. That's oh yeah, that's the first one. Yeah, that's a 37-page. Uh, that's a master of uh, references, and I right. will for display ads, other things like that. I would love to. Uh, do trades like I do with oh, yeah. next magazine. We'll yep. figure we'll figure that out. Okay, cool. <laughs> we want right. you to write. <laughs> Done deal. Okay, I'm, I'm lots more where that came from. I got hundreds of articles. Excellent. I know. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I. Nice meeting you, Olaf. Nice to hear, from you, Ron. Thank yeah, you for this so much. Yeah, it was wonderful having you on. We'll definitely have you back. Roger that. Thanks, Olaf. <laughs> All right. Bye bye. Hey, Ron. So <clears throat> that that was a. A mind-bending and amazing uh, podcast. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, <laughs> the guy is such a wealth of information, and he's had so many just crazy experiences. Like I said, you know, before, uh, he's sort of a combination of a Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Strange, and uh, even that guy on, um, what is it, The Blacklist. Sure. <laughs> I wanted to just let him go on and on and on. I mean, it's awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> but we got so, a time limit. <laughs> next, yeah, next time we have him on. We'll have something a little bit more uh, finely tuned. Well, this is an introduction, us. right? This is getting yeah. So it was just sort of like a free for all. Just oh go my for God. it. Blew my mind, but <laughs> we're out of time, Ron. I know. All right, nice. go for it, Ron. But you know, it's been another exciting episode of the Paranoia Podcast, and you know, once again, um, you know, check us out on. Uh, on our Facebook page, Paranoia Facebook page, and we have a pretty good dialogue going about our uh, upcoming Camp Paranoia, and there's a lot of people with some really great ideas. Oh, yeah. And I think even Dr. Uh, Richard Allen Miller would probably get involved since oh, he's God. all into building uh, these Jeez. sustainable communities. And uh, so, yeah, he'd be a hoot. That would to be amazing. Board. So anyway, I, and Olaf, I just really appreciate you. And all the work that you've done, it's I've been working at Ground Zero now for two years. I know it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's uh, it's job. been uh, a good experience, and I'm hoping that paranoia will be taking off even bigger and better here with all of our different projects going on. So yeah, again, I, I really appreciate all your help and assistance. Well, Ron, you know you're you're uh, you're the soul of paranoia, and I, I'm glad that you you hung around. You know, went through some hard times, but mm -hmm. you know we're on an uptick, and it's getting better and better. So you Definitely. know, I, I really appreciate what you bring to the table and, and helping out, and you do a lot of a lot of behind the scenes stuff that nobody ever knows about. But I I really appreciate you too, Ron. Right on, brother. Love you. Know, love you too, Ron. Okay. Now that love fest being said, hey, you people out there. You need to leave comments. You need mm -hmm. to like us on uh, iTunes. You need mm -hmm. to tell people about our podcast. So Even we on SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Ron, in the immortal words of Ron Patton. Take good care and keep the faith. And uh, as I always say, be excellent to one another. And uh, tune in. We got another one coming. We'll find somebody else interesting to talk to. Uh, but have a good night. Bye. Take care. Thank you for listening to Paranoia Radio, hosted by Olaf Phillips and Ron Patton. Sponsored by Paranoia Magazine. Read it now. Paranoiamagazine.com. Intro theme The Guide was composed by Scott Moon. ScottMoon.net. Outro theme Fighting Trousers is by Professor Elemental. ProfessorElemental.com Voiceover written and performed by Mr. Lobo, host of Cinema Insomnia. Watch new episodes on OSI 74. Visit us at OSI74.com We are resuming control for now.